Hello, my friend. Welcome again to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. I'm Helen Perry, and I make this show for people who are promoting their work on the internet and who like to find out how others are doing it too. Each week, we hear from an inspiring soul about their work and the best way they've found to share it, what they've learned about life, business, and this time, food, because we're talking about wanting more and dreaming bigger with Chef Lisa Brooks. And I made a conscious choice to build my personal brand, you know, to just to build Chef Lisa Brooks as its own. I mean, just to just break it out and have some things because I knew I wanted there's other things I wanted. I mean, it's just my personality type. It's like, I want more, I want more, I want more. I want, I just, I'm, I'm restless in that way. Like, what's next? And I knew I wanted to author a cookbook. I knew I wanted to create a line of chef coats for women. Like, I knew that there were other projects that I wanted to work on. Lisa's a personal chef, entrepreneur, and author. She cooks, speaks, and cares about food. 20 years ago, she quit her corporate job to go back to her hometown, Charlotte in New York, and cook for a living. She's grown her business from just Lisa to a team of chefs, creating luxury personal dining experiences for lucky people across the city. And because social media asked her to, she now teaches other chefs how to build businesses, how to think bigger. That interests me a lot because she's got a creative enterprise with heart, because she knows how to monetize. Being talented and business-minded does not necessarily go hand in hand. Because her work is under control, Lisa started to spread the word beyond Charlotte, mainly on TikTok, where she's followed by more than 200,000 people now. She tells us about the opportunities the platforms brought her already and about the TV show she'd like to make. Guys, American guests aim high. Why shouldn't you have your own TV show? Someone's got to do it. First, I asked Lisa to tell us about her kind of cooking, her food. We specialize in low country, like Southern coastal cuisine. So that could be anything from like the Maryland coast, Virginia beach, you know, down through the Carolinas and even into, you know, Georgia, Savannah, and even into the Gulf with um, New Orleans, like Cajun and Creole food, like Baltimore style crab cakes, like she crab soup, corn, uh, corn salad, fresh corn salad, lots of rice dishes. Uh, low country shrimp and grits, um, gumbo, etouffee, uh, beignets. <laughs> I really would like to know what one of these personal dining experiences is like that you you and your team put together. It sounds wonderful. It's it's so much more than a dinner. It's so difficult to explain. I always say it has to be experienced because it's you know you you may have a, a, a vision of a din- what a dinner party is like in your head, right? And what, what we do is so much more than that because it's so much, it's about so much more than the food. It's about the experience. It's about the storytelling. That's a huge component. Um, it's a, just about the, the hospitality and the level of service that we provide. We want our guests to feel like royalty. We want them to feel just taken care of. Like they don't have anything to worry about. Just enjoy each other, enjoy the food. Um, and enjoy the stories that come along with it because I do a lot of storytelling <laughs> throughout the dinner. And where does that come from in you, that hostliness or food being about more than just eating? Is that something that's been run through your life? It, it started in my childhood. 
Uh, my family had huge Sunday dinners. Um, so everyone, my grandmother's house was the hub of the family. And we would all go over my, 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 my parents, obviously, and then my mother's siblings and all of their kids. So I've got, and there's probably 60 people there on a Sunday, any given Sunday. And, uh, and my grandmother made Sunday dinner and we just all, it was fun and laughter and, you know, just, you didn't have a care in the world while you were at that house, you know, and there was just a sense of abundance and just love. It's with my, really my fondest childhood memories are around that Sunday dinner. And then my mom uh, hosted dinner parties. So she would have, my dad was a pastor. She's a pastor's wife. So entertaining and hosting, you know, she's something that she, you know, did a lot. And so she would have these amazing dinner parties and I was, I would help her prepare for them all day. But when the guests started to arrive, you know, we had to go to the kids room. <laughs> so, but I would just peek out and see like the guests arriving and getting their coat taken and, you know, just kind of the, it was like a production or, you know, this glamorous feel to it. And, and I just love that. I love that, that, um, feeling. And this was in the late seventies and for African-American family to have those types of experiences was very, uh, it wasn't normal, <laughs> right? It was to see that type of glamor and that type of treatment royal, like it, it wasn't normal. <laughs> so it was very special. And then how did you, like we all have to eat and we all enjoy eating with our family and our friends, but that doesn't mean that we are going to turn it into our work. What made you go, no other life is for me, like corporate life is not for me. I need to do this. Honestly, it was the stress of the corporate life that pushed me. It, it became so uncomfortable that I just kind of pr- had to pray about it and say, hey, what, you know, just God, what do you want? What, what, like, what can I do? I didn't even consider cooking. I didn't even consider it was a talent or a gift. I didn't know there was anything special about it. I thought everybody could cook. You know what I mean? But I just heard cook. And I was like, okay, how's that going to work? And, you know, I didn't know how it was going to work. I didn't know how I was going to, you know, make the type of money I was about to walk away from. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know anything, but that's what faith means, right? You don't know and you still take the chance. So, um, so that's what I did. Once I, got into the flow once I started to realize what a personal chef does and started doing it the first day I went to somebody's home to cook I knew that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life it's the best feeling it was like I wasn't working at all and I'm getting paid to do this (laughs) it seemed like I was getting away with something (laughs) you know what I mean it's like how how am I getting paid for this and I guess you could have stayed at just being you going around to people's houses and delivering, you know, what one person is able to deliver. But you are also obviously driven to think a bit bigger than that, be more ambitious for yourself, for the earning potential, the, the business. Did you did you also know that straight away? Like, I, I want to make this into something. I will not have employees. I will work a lot. <laughs> so, so many of us. Are so- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just had no, I had no vision or forethought as to what was possible. It was just organically as the business grew, the demand grew. I don't, I'm not one that likes to say no. I'm not one that likes to 
turn away, you know, business. And so it was a very simple solution for me. I just graduated culinary school, and I know a ton of people who just graduated culinary school, right? Um, and a ton of people that were still in culinary school. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I know what you know because you were taught right alongside me. You know, can you help me with this event? Can you help me with this? And so it just started being like extra hands. And then it started to be like, no, I need somebody to be like in charge to be able to run an event. And just by them watching me, just being by my side, watching me, they learned exactly how I like things done. They just kind of, I always say that I infused my DNA into them. (laughs) So they think like, you know, it's like they, they know exactly how things should be done. So if you have an experience with our team, whether I'm there or you know, one of my other chefs is there, the experience will be the same. Like, I know we're here to talk about marketing and I'm going to get right into that in a second. But I want you to tell me what those people that have worked with you know about the secret of running a magical event. What are the ingredients? Uh, authenticity, to be your authentic self, to, 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 they know that um, our core mission is to help people rediscover the joy that there is in feasting together. That's our core. That's our mission statement. And everyone carries that in their heart, right? So with that guiding us at every moment in any situation that comes up, I mean, if if we're having a dinner party and there's a, a mother, for example, with a young child or, 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 or baby and they're kind of paying a lot of attention to the baby and they're not enjoying the dinner, we will, we will prepare macaroni and cheese for the child. We will set them up and get like, we will kind of even take care of the kid for a second just to give her a break. I mean, anything that's required to, to give, to give that feeling that I am, you know, for a guest to say I'm being taken care of. So that mission statement, it's part of our culture it's it's woven throughout our brand it's our north star and so every decision has to run through that filter of is this how how is this helping is this helping this customer you know experience joy in the in the in the moment of feasting and when you're as clear as you are about exactly what you're on a mission to do that does make it a lot easier when it comes to jumping onto social media to spread the word or talking to a client to try and win a bit of business whatever it might be they'll either connect with it or they won't but you work in a like a geographical location you don't necessarily need world domination you don't need to be on tiktok so what drives that like what are you trying to do with your online persona or your personal brand that's a great question and that's exactly what it is at some point that my business became very um like a well-oiled machine very automated in the sense that you know i've trained these folks i mean things are just running very smoothly and i and i made a conscious choice to build my personal brand you know to just to build chef lisa brooks as its own i mean just to just break it out and have some things because i knew i wanted there's other things I wanted. I mean, it's just my personality type. It's like, I want more, I want more, I want more. I want, I just, I'm, I'm restless in that way. Like, what's next? And I knew I wanted to author a cookbook. I knew I wanted to create a line of chef coats for women. Like, I knew that there were other projects that I wanted to work on. And honestly, the, the teaching 
um, the teaching other chefs, that just came out of nowhere. It just came out of me getting DMs on so, on social media constantly asking me about, well, how do you price this type of event? And I'm trying to get started. And these people were all over the country and the world, actually. That's so interesting. I think there's lots of obsessions, professions, talented people who are great at what they do, but that doesn't necessarily mean they ha- know how to run it as a business. And and that is now what you are doing for other chefs in by way of courses, or do you do one-on-one work? What, how does that work? I started one-on-one solely. That got to be quick, quickly overwhelming. So so I've recorded two courses, one for people who are starting out. It's called Kickstart Your Personal Chef Business. So it is just if you know how to cook and you don't know anything else about how to do what I do, I'm going to teach you from the ground up. The second one is for people who are already are personal chefs, but most 99% of some personal chefs are solo, solo operations. It's just kind of the nature of it. It's kind of innovative what we've done in creating this whole team. Um, that's not an agency, right? It's a, it's, it's, we are a team. We are one, you know, family. We work together. Um, so it's kind of innovative in our industry. And so I'm teaching, I teach people who are overwhelmed as a solopreneur and they see, they see the money that they're turning away because they can only do what their two hands can do. And I'm teaching them how to train and trust a team. It's so interesting if you put yourself out there online, you can't always predict what people are going to want to buy from you. And you wouldn't have known had you not have been like, hi, I'm Lisa. This is what I do. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, oh, there's a need. There's clearly a need. People are, you know, and it just came from talking about what I talking about what I do. You know, people would have questions about, you know, they just post like, hey, this is something I did this weekend. How would you have priced it? You know, they're in these chef groups or, you know, and, and, and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you're just going to, are you randomly pricing? Like, what are you doing? You know, so I would give them like serious advice and they realized very quickly I knew exactly, like knew what I was talking about. Um, and so it just, it just, yeah, it just happened organically, which was awesome. Um, and fortunately, because I built the business heart and soul the way I had, I had the time to, to do the classes and record them. Now they're, you know, they're all like recorded. So I don't, ha- I don't, I don't necessarily do them live, um, anymore, but uh, so they're all just all recorded. They can be downloaded full courses, six week course there. So that's, yeah, that, that was kind of, um, it just happened. I didn't plan that either. <laughs> it just kind of happened. Yoo-hoo. This is a little ad break. If you'd like more creative marketing advice in your ear every week, then come and join the Just Bloody Post-It mini membership on Patreon. It gets you an exclusive podcast episode each Wednesday. This time, it's about public speaking and real-life events. Should we invest our time in them? Question mark. There's a forum to discuss the issue of the week as well. It's lovely. We chat marketing. Click the link in the show notes to join the gang. Back to Lisa. Where did you first go online? I know you've got a big TikTok audience now. Is that where it started? It started with TikTok. TikTok during the pandemic when we were all trapped at home. And actually, well, I didn't start until September of 2020. Um, so really like the first initial, like total quarantine shutdown period. 
Uh, were you using TikTok anyway or did somebody suggest it to you or you were just like, I think this is the new thing. This is the new place. I'm doing it here. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it was. I started watching TikToks, you know, from just boredom. Right. So I just, I, you know, and, and, and it was like a lot of kids dancing. So I was like just a, a consumer, you know, on TikTok and you know, I just thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I just did? Yeah, I did see a couple of few cooking, just a couple of few cooking videos or people. And I thought, well, I don't have the video set up for all that stuff. But I thought, I love to teach people so much. I can just do little 60 second like videos teaching people just little techniques, like not not this big production with like fancy stuff. Like I want to teach real people real stuff, like how to cook real stuff and I had my son in mind I spent time with him my adult son during the pandemic because we he quarantined with me um in Charlotte so we had three months together and I realized this boy did not know how to cook (laughs) he didn't know how to cook like what like how did you grow up with me as your mother and you don't know how to cook at all he was well catered for I think (laughs) he was fed every night so you know, kind of realized like, wow, like you, you need all the basics. So the, the channel I created on TikTok really was, I had my son in mind and people like him who didn't have, didn't grow up with their great grandmother and their grandmother. And they didn't, you know, they didn't have that opportunity. So they never got the basics so that they're kind of just like, if they want to know how to cook, they're just a, kind of a slave to recipes never really understanding why and the, you know, the technique and what, you know, so they can start to be creative and that's when cooking becomes fun, right? When you can be creative with it um, and lose the fear. So that's kind of, that's what, that was the purpose of my, of my um, TikToks. So they were just little, little cooking videos and did it take off straight away? You're like, wow, people are watching. It, It was more engagement than I expected. Like, um, I just went on TikTok in September of 2020. And then I think October, I did this one video. It was Jamaican beef patties. Um, and it was like a million something views. And I was like, what in the world? And I think I got like 50,000 followers or something like from that one video. <laughs> and um, And it was just like, what? Like, where are these people coming from? Like, that's crazy to me. Like 50,000 people hit a button to say they want to see me again whenever I do something. It was like shocking. So, so yeah. So then it was like, you know, I realized again, there's value. It's something people want to see. Like the comments, people would send me pictures of the food they made or comments like, again, like, like reminiscing back to their grandmother or their, like that type of stuff tugs at my heart. And so if I think something's really impactful, then I will keep doing it, you know? And I felt like it was pretty impactful. Like people were really, really paying attention and really like starting to cook. What would you say to anybody who's like, oh, I can't, I can't go on TikTok. That's not a space for me or people like me. That's for other people. Well, I don't know who the other people, every single type of content you could potentially want or not want is on TikTok in our world today where we don't have attention spans that are very long. It's just a perfect way to get in front of people for just a minute. They can consume that. And if they like what you present in that minute, they'll follow you and that, you know, and they'll, and they'll see what you have to say. And 
I don't do social media for monetization from the social media platforms, right? And honestly, I feel like that can't really be your goal. If it happens, if you happen to go viral or you happen to, you know, get this amazing following, you're able to make money from the actual payments from the social media um, uh, platforms. Great. I mean, I would not make that your plan. You, you, you've, you've got to have a different goal, like something you, you truly want to share the knowledge. You truly want to, you know, maybe you have a cookbook and you want people to like, you know, you want people to download your cookbook or, and that's where you're going to get the money from or something. I don't know, but it can't be like the payments from that just can't be your goal. I think putting out just the content that you want to share because you think it's helpful or you think it's funny or you think it's entertaining or whatever the value is that the consumer is getting, the viewer is getting, um, that that's just what you believe and that's why you do it. You said when you started, I don't have all this set up. I don't have, do you have that now? Have you invested in uh, equipment uh, and things to produce better videos? How Do you get help with it? How do you organize your content now? I actually still do everything myself. And I have, I bought some equipment as far as stands and lighting and tripods, like these arms that reach and, you know, like to get the angles and stuff. But I still record on my phone, on my iPhone. There, there are videos that are out there that are, they don't even talk. Like they're just like these artistic pieces. They're showing you the food and it's truly a piece of art, the video, you know, itself. And the, and the shots are amazing. But I don't think the purpose of those videos is to teach the people how to make that dish. I don't necessarily need like the, like a $4,000 camera, um, just something good enough to make me look nice when I'm on camera and, and take some great food shots. And the iPhone does just fine with that. So I still do that and I still edit them myself. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, man, maybe I need some help with, you know, help editing the videos because it gets to be quite a, a lot. You say that you, don't do it for monetization um, purposes. And I think that that is what you would have in common with nearly every successful personal or business brand on the internet. If it comes from a place of genuine passion, that is something that the follower or audience picks up on and they, and they want more of it. However, apart from the teaching and courses, what other opportunities has it brought you having a, an online audience? Um, I've had the opportunity, I've been on a couple of major network TV shows and competition shows, and all the people have contacted me from seeing my videos on TikTok. Um, I was on Chopped this year, I was on Guys Grocery Games, um, on Food Network, and I was also on the Cameron Hall Show, which is a talk show here, um, you know, national talk show. And they all found me just from my TikToks <laughs> and DM'd me like casting folks asking if I'd be interested to be on the show. So, um, and once those opportunities come, then there's lots of local press around that, um, which then feeds into heart and soul of the business because now here in Charlotte, I mean, I kind of seen as like a celebrity chef, right? Nice. That's a nice byproduct of getting out there on the internet that actually feeds back into your, your local work. What's the plan then? Lisa Brooks TV program. What do you fancy doing with it next? I love travel so much, like travel and language and culture. Um, and I, I don't travel nearly as much as I would like to. Um, 
and, but now again, the place I am in this business and, and, um, you know, I'm just at a place where I can kind of do that. So if I'm going to record content, you know, I don't want to be that person that can't enjoy a moment because I'm always filming content. Like I don't want to be that person. However, you know, I can spend time in a place and also spend like a day or so recording things. But I want to go and travel and understand what is the soul food of that particular place and the culture. So just like any travel show that you might see where they're traveling and looking at food, but, but I'm, I just feel like with my personality and the way that I'm concerned, I'm, I'm always concerned about the legacy of like, like, like family traditions family, like legacies, things that are passed down through generations, because that's what I am. That's, that's my entire product is the knowledge that's been passed down from my matriarchs. And those are the things that I want to find out about. Those are the people I want to talk to and meet. And I don't want to go meet famous chefs and famous restaurants around the world. I want to meet grandmamas and mamas and aunties that are, you know, that have family long, like generational, you know, um, recipes and, and cooking styles and, what are their celebrations? What are their, you know, what's the dishes they have on a special occasion? And I just want to learn all that stuff along with language and, and other things. But, you know, so I can somehow, you know, I could, I could work, you know, like at filming and capturing some of that. And I feel like, you know, it could potentially turn into a, um actual television show. Cause I mean, I've never seen it. I've certainly never seen a woman that looks, a person that looks like me doing a show like that. So I think it could be, I, I, that's in my, it's on my list. It's on my, it's on my vision board. Yeah, I love it. I, I, it is a perfect vision as well that um, I think people would watch. What doesn't necessarily feed into those soul food stories is some of the way food and cooking appears on TikTok. And if you go and look up Lisa's TikTok account, you will see her smash your past videos, which are like duets, Lisa, where you watch along with a young, generally TikToker who is sharing an unusual way to cook something. Often it's quite a simple thing like pasta. Can you please try and explain what are some people on the internet doing to food? They are murdering food is what they're doing. And honestly, I know, and I think everybody knows that those folks are really doing that for views. There are some people who really are thinking that they're really doing something. And it's like, oh my God, what are you doing um, to that food? And I, you know, I've seen people do it, other people for a long time. Um, and I just thought, you know what? That's a, I mean, I have, I feel like, I mean, I can, I mean, I, I tend to have some humorous things to say and, and, you know, when I talk, just talk to people, they're like, you should do that. You should do that. And that's something that they had encouraged me to do. Like, you should totally do it. And it's like, people would love to hear what you have to say. And, uh, and so I've just started doing that. It hasn't even been 30 days. I think that I've been doing the smasher pass and it's getting a ton of, tra- it gets a ton of views. And, I, and I'm like, wow, like this is great. Like people, I'm just watching a video and like being myself, being like kind of funny and talking about whatever they're doing, which is insane i mean insane they're murdering food they're they're gonna kill somebody with e coli and salmonella i mean like it just can't be real you know and 
So people like to look at a train wreck and then people like to have like someone commentate the train wreck, I guess. And that's really kind of what the Smasher Pass is. I'm going to link to a Smash or Pass video in the show notes because I think the listener might be struggling to visualize what we're talking about. It has to be seen to be believed. Lisa, what advice would you give to someone who is struggling to unlock their magic on the internet and bring what they love, what they're good at, their expertise to video? How, how do you do it? I think... The primary block is fear. I think, I think something that I have ha- I've had to get over it. And, and I, and I know that it blocks a lot of people is that feeling of worrying so much about what people are going to think. You just have to be yourself. You know, you have to be yourself. Just, just own what it is that you're creating. And honestly, do not be consumed with like, constantly checking the views, constantly checking the content. Like you're going to have to just like, you have to create it because you believe in what the content is. But at the same time, don't get too much in your head about like how people are going to receive it. You can't be concerned about that. It's really your, this is your journey in the world. You're never going to do something that everybody's going to love or approve of. But the thing about the internet is whether they love or hate it, it's uh it's all, you know, it's all engagement. So um, I would, I would say to get out of your head, not let fear, you know, rule you just be yourself. Now, depending on what type of content it is, you know, I mean, you, you, you can see what other people are doing in that space and not to imitate them, but just to see like, what, what are the things that are, what types of things are get engagement the most. You can start with imitation as a way of finding your own voice. I think lots of people do that. If you if you haven't done this before, try something that you've seen someone else do. It's just you know it's that's fine, and it's a way it's a way to find I think what really suits you. I agree with that. I mean, we have to realize there's it's just a sea of people. It's an ocean. It's like so many people on on these on the platform. And even with your own content, you know, you just assume I've posted this thing already. Everybody's seen it. No, they haven't. If you, if you talk about that same subject again in three weeks, a whole new group of people are seeing it for the very first time. These are just quick glimpses. So the imitation or the fear of imitating somebody, it's not really, there's, there's dozens of people doing the same thing. So it's going to be whatever's unique to you and your personality. It's going to make you. Um, resonate with people that resonate they're just going to resonate with you because of you Lisa thank you so much for your time you're welcome well Lisa's bloody great obviously and the links to her socials are in the show notes go and connect and if this was your kind of episode can I also suggest catching up with the one where we talked to Sarah Barnes Taming Twins she's a home cook and she tells us how she added 30,000 followers to her Instagram in 90 days. And for more about TikTok, listen to the one with best-selling author Claire McIntosh. All these brilliant people we've had on. More soon. That stuff is all linked in the show notes, as is the membership. I hope you feel involved. It's great to have you here listening. We'll be back soon. Bye. <laughs>